Welcome to the Profitable Painter Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help you navigate the financial and tax aspects of starting, running, and scaling a professional painting business. From the brushes and ladders to the spreadsheets and balance sheets, we've got you covered. But before we dive in, a quick word of caution. While we strive to provide accurate and up-to-date financial and tax information, nothing you hear on this podcast should be considered as financial advice specifically for you or your business. We're here to share general knowledge and experiences, not to replace the tailored advice you get from a professional financial advisor or tax consultant. We strongly recommend you seeking individualized advice before making any significant financial decision. This is Daniel, the founder of Bookkeeping for Painters. And today I'm here with Angie Gordon. She is one of the advisors here at Bookkeeping for Painters. And formerly, she was a risk management consultant at a couple different workers' comp carriers. So we're having her on today to discuss workers' compensation because this topic is pretty important for any business owner because more than likely, you're going to have to run into this topic at some point in your business career. So I have Angie on. How are you doing, Angie? Good. How's it going, Daniel? Going well, going well. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think the first question we can launch into is, uh, could you give the listeners like just a basic, what is workers' compensation? Sure. Um, So workers' comp is uh, insurance coverage that provides coverage to the employee for medical bills, lost wages, and any other expenses that are incurred as a result of an injury. So like travel to and from medical appointments, things like that. Um, so it's it's a coverage that the employer pays for, but it provides benefits to the employee. Um, so it doesn't actually pay anything out to the employer. It doesn't cover things like lost productivity or hiring a replacement worker um, or overtime that your other employees may need to pay or may need to work or anything like that. Um, and so with very few exceptions, um, it's considered the exclusive remedy available for a workplace injury. And what that means is that it's no fault coverage. So the the um, employee is covered for pretty much any injury that is related to their job, directly related to the, related to the job. Um, and since it's the exclusive remedy, that means that the employee cannot sue their employer for like damages or anything like that. Um, Basically, it's a, a set coverage that is administered by the state. Okay. Now, is this workers' compensation? Is just is this just for employees, or does um, if you're hiring subcontractors, you need this as well? Um, so, you should not be providing coverage for your subcontractors. Typically, your subcontractors should have their own coverage. They need to have their own policy. Um, however. Uh, you can unintentionally cover subcontractors. Um, if you don't get certificates of insurance and you don't have all your ducks in a row, um, there are cases where you can unintentionally cover subcontractors. So that's why it's really important that you're getting all of the documents from your subcontractors when you're hiring them on. Okay. So basically, if you have subcontractors and they're not covered on their, their own policy, you might have to cover them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that um, sometimes comes to light during, we'll talk about audits a little later, but sometimes that comes to light during workers' comp audits. If you don't have that proper paperwork in place, then you may have to pay premium for your subcontractors. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if if I'm a a new painting business owner and 
what what kind of costs am I looking at for workers' compensation? Um, so that's going to vary significantly. Uh, like I said, workers' comp is a state-run program. Um, so there is no national board on workers' comp. Every state has its own um, workers' comp program. Uh, and so in most states, you're going to have a choice of insurers. So there are going to be multiple insurers that you can get insurance from. There are four states, um, and I'll list those. It's Ohio, Wyoming, Washington, and North Dakota that are considered monopolistic states. Um, and that's because they don't allow anyone else to sell workers' compensation um, insurance in their in their state. So their, state, their um, insurance all comes from a state-run fund. But everyone else um, can get coverage on the open market. Um, and it varies pretty widely. Um, like I said, every state has their own rates. And even kind of drilling down further than that, every insurance carrier can file for variances to those rates. Um, and I mean, just the, the base level premium varies anywhere from like a little over $2 in North Dakota to close to $15 in New York. Um, so I would say 5 to $6 is probably a good good range, um, average range. And that five to $6 is per hundred dollars of payroll. Um, so for every hundred dollars of payroll that you have for your painters, you're going to pay around five to $6 on average. Um, and again, that varies widely, uh, for your workers comp coverage. Okay. So if you have a painter that you're paying $25 an hour, that basically goes that $25 an hour goes into a hundred four times. So if your rate is $6 per hundred, it's basically it, you can take your painter of $25 an hour. Um, and if your workers comp is $6 per hour, you divide that by four since 25 goes into a hundred four times. And so that would be a dollar 50 that you would add on to your, uh, $25 an hour you pay your employee to get that workers' comp burden. Right. Uh, all right. So that would be $150 plus the $25. So your bur- loaded burden would be $26.50. Yes. Um, and that would be for, yeah, for painters. Um, you know, some of the things that kind of come into play, um, I haven't talked about is so that that five to $6 is just for painters. Um, so, Every industry, every job class, every every job that someone has has a class code assigned to it. Mm-hmm. So um, they there are class co- class codes basically give a job description of of what the people in that class code do. So painters typically, um, again, there's some variation, but typically painters fall into the 5474 class code, and so that doesn't doesn't matter if they're interior, exterior, um, commercial. They're, they're all in that 5474 class code painters. Um, so they have like five to $6 is a pretty moderate workers comp premium. Um, but it's very likely that our clients may have some salespeople on their role. They may have managers. Um, they may have admins. Each of those roles have a different workers comp premium or workers comp rate. Um, so it's important that you are distinguishing your employees on your payroll um, between your administrative employees and your painting employees, because you don't want to pay the painters workers comp rate for your admin employees. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, a key point, making sure and your, your 
payroll provider uh, platform, whatever you're using for payroll, that you're everyone's properly classified. So you're not overpaying, like you said, uh, for like an admin person, um, not paying workers comp rates for them do painting when they're actually sitting in an office or it might be maybe for a production manager. That might be another thing. A production manager is sitting from in an office. He might be making phone calls and, and uh, coordinating for folks to be on the job site, but he's not actually on the job site potentially. So making sure he's properly classified. So you're not overpaying in workers comp. So yeah, that's yeah. a good point. You only want to pay that that higher premium for the, the guys or gals that are actually out on the job site doing doing the work that's kind of higher risk. So, yep. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Yeah, so this is uh, understanding your numbers, super important um, in this regard, especially for developing your estimate. So uh, understanding, you know, what your workers' comp rate is for your painters will help you dial in your labor rates when you're doing production rates, hopefully, to generate your estimate. So again, you look at your um, your workers' comp rate, and it's going to be something like $6 out of $100, $6 for workers' comp for every $100 in payroll or whatever it is. You take that and then kind of do that math that I just ran through, um, divide your, your average painter a rate into that hundred dollars and, and and get how much that additional workers comp rate is. So to use the example of six dollars per hundred dollars of payroll, that would be one fifty for a painter that makes twenty five dollars uh, an hour. So just kind of nailing down that cost rate will make your estimates more precise. Okay, cool. So. Um, what are some of the things that folks can do about workers' compensation audit? Can you kind of go through, first of all, what, what is a workers' compensation audit? Should we, should we be scared? And uh, what can we do to prepare for something like that? So I think people hear, I think business owners hear the word audit and immediately like flashing red light panic starts to happen. Right. Um, but it's, it's important to know that Everyone who has workers' comp is audited every year um, in some form or fashion. There are different kinds of work comp audits, but if you have a workers' comp policy, you will be audited in some form or fashion every year. And to kind of give you a reason for that, so workers' comp, we kind of talked a little bit, workers' comp is based on the actual payroll that you pay out to your employees. Um, and so when you get your workers' comp premium calculated at the beginning of the year, that's an estimate. You give them estimated payroll numbers. Um, and almost everyone, almost no one is going to give an exact you know, dollar amount of how much their payroll is going to be for the policy year. So when we get to the end of the policy year, the workers' comp carrier wants to figure out, okay, you told us this is how much payroll you were going to have for the year. Um, how much did you actually have? And in what categories did that payroll fall? You know. How, how many hundred dollars, you know, what, what did you pay out for painters? What did you pay out for admin? Um, how did that shake out? Did you have a really great year and you had much higher payroll than you anticipated? Or was it a slower year um, and you didn't have, you know, didn't have as much payroll as you anticipated? So, um, yeah, that's important to remember. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you never, there are never um, return, you never get a refund on your workers' comp policy. And that's not true. 
Um, but you don't want a refund on your workers' comp policy because that means that your business probably shrunk. You probably did not grow as much as you anticipated, and so your payroll was lower. Um, but yeah, I've, I've absolutely seen um, seen refunds or return premium is what it's called um, at the end of the year. But yeah, we want to make sure that the carrier wants to make sure that you're paying an accurate amount. Mm-hmm. What are some things for folks that have subcontractors uh, being prepared for those audits? What, what are some things that they, they should kind of look at? So if you have subcontractors, you want to have really have all of your ducks in a row to make sure you're not paying premium for um, for people who aren't your employees uh, who didn't pay, plan to pay premium for. So you should have their W-9s, first of all, um, before you ever pay them. And also you need to get their certificates of insurance for their workers' comp policy. Also, before really before they ever step foot on your job site, you need to make sure that they have the state minimum of coverage um, for workers' comp. It's, you know, it's important. It, it, protects you in the long run. So because claims yeah. can be super expensive. You know, if you have a some con- subcontractor that gets injured on your job site and they don't have coverage, that can really, really hurt you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's something we've talked about in previous episodes, making sure you're getting your subcontractor W9 uh, certificate of insurance, all those things before you, they get on the job site. Um, so that's, not only get those, but also file those away because you're going to need them again uh, for your workers' comp audit. So uh, that will just make things a lot easier when once that comes around. Yeah, the key for for audits is to is record keeping, just maintaining your records for the year. Um, you know, you want your own internal payroll records, but then all of the records for um, for your subcontractors as well. Um, and you want really, I would say, meticulous records of of um, your employees as far as you know. We talked before different class codes, you want to make sure your payroll records very clearly outline what employees were painters and what employees were not painters. So. Okay, great. Well, another thing that uh, we might need to consider is when, you know, preventing accidents and then also what happens when someone actually does get hurt on the job site uh, in, in handling that claim process. Um, what are some, do you have any tips for, for preventing accidents or handling claims? I do. Um, so yeah, that, that's actually was, was kind of my bread and butter was coaching our clients in the past, how to prevent accidents. Um, so that's the, that's the one thing that's in your control. The, the one ball that's in your court, um, is as far as controlling your workers comp premium is, controlling your accidents, like making sure you don't have injuries on the job. So making sure you have a really solid safety program um, and not just a written program. I've met with lots of, lots of um, contractors in the past that show me their safety program, like in a binder on a shelf. Um, That's like, that's not a safety program. You have, uh, you know, you have the minimum requirements that OSHA says you have have to have, but as far as an actual functioning safety program, you want your employees to be trained um, you know, you want them to know safe work practices and just as important, you want to make sure that they're actually doing that, you know, that you don't have guys that are, you know, taking, taking risks they shouldn't be taking, uh, um, you know, painting as far as trades go, painting is not one of the higher risk trades, but there are still, um, definitely, uh, 
opportunities for significant injuries. The biggest one is going to be falls because um, you've got guys working on scaffolding and ladders. Um, so that's that's the the biggest, it probably needs to be the biggest focus of your safety program is fall prevention. Um, you know, especially if you're doing like exterior painting from you know multiple story from scaffolding, that's that's a has that's a higher hazard, um, higher hazard kind of process there. So making sure you you are doing everything right. Um, other, you know, other injury types that we see pretty commonly in this in in this industry are sprains and strains. So picking up heavy paint cans and equipment like that. Um, and then another one that kind of sneaks under the radar that a lot of people don't think about is motor vehicle accidents. So like car wrecks driving between job sites, they don't tend to be um, super frequent, but those can be some of the, the costlier um, claim types or, or car accidents. So yeah, that makes sense. So what, what, uh, what should a business owner do when they do have someone actually, you know, fall off a ladder or, you know, get in a car crash while they're on the job? What What's their next step from there? So I was the, the, the main the important things are to report that claim as soon as possible and to document as many details as possible. So reporting it to your insurance carrier as soon as possible, even if. The employee says, I'm fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't think I need medical treatment. Um, it's important to report that claim to your carrier. And if the employee doesn't go to the doctor and doesn't get any medical treatment, then that claim doesn't count against you. That doesn't go into any sort of calculation. But reporting it gets it on the radar of the insurance carrier. And they're the experts. I mean, they know how to manage claims. So getting it on their radar, their radar early um, really helps them get a handle on managing the claim from the get-go. Um, so they can start, you know, if it's a claim that maybe you are a little skeptical about, then the insurance carrier can can do an investigation. They're always going to do an investigation. So getting them involved is very important. Um, and also documenting any anything that, you know, having a basically a, a injury report form that you ask kind of a, a detailed description of what happened from the employee that's injured and also asking anyone who may have witnessed it. So if there are any, um, any witnesses getting kind of a detailed uh, description of what happened, that helps. It's kind of twofold. It's discovers if there were any shady things going on and also helps you um, kind of recognize and identify any issues that you may need to like retrain your employees on of, you know, maybe he was, had both hands full trying to go up a ladder. Um, so, you know, kind of identifying things like that can help prevent future accidents. Mm -hmm. yeah, so one thing, so, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, so once it's reported, it's kind of in the in the hands of the insurance carrier. Um, but it's important that you stay on top of, of, of that and stay in good communication with your carrier. Um, most of them are going to want to be your partner. Uh, for the most part, your insurance insurance carrier doesn't want to doesn't want to pay out any more than they have to, but they also you know want to want to make sure that your employees are taken care of. So staying in in good communication with them, providing documentation that they need. You know, if you have somebody that's going to be out work, they may need wage statements. They're going to want you know accident investigations that you may have. So kind of keeping in good good uh, communication flow with them. Yeah, and one of the things. Uh, that you said that uh, I think should be highlighted is reporting 
you know, when someone gets hurt reporting it, as soon as you find out about it to your insurance provider, that that won't necessarily increase your premium. So don't be afraid to report because you think, even if you think that the injury was not like a significant injury that the person's going to actually need help, you know, uh, from a medical provider, um, you should report it anyway, because it's not, if he doesn't end up going to seek medical, get medical attention, um, you know, that's not going to count against you if he doesn't get medical attention. So reporting it is, is not going to count against you necessarily if your employee doesn't seek help. And on the other side of that coin, if you don't report it and like someone says, oh, you know, I think I pulled a muscle on my back, but I'm okay. If you don't report it and you don't do any kind of like investigation and ask him questions of, hey, what were you doing? You know, when, when, when you, um, when you injured your back, what happened? And a week later, if he comes in and says, hey, my back's still bothering me, I want to go to a doctor. I mean, that's a week. A lot of things could have happened in a week, you know, um, did something happen outside of work? Uh, also, we've kind of lost the chance to to, um, to manage that claim from the get go. Uh, and, you know, especially there are some states that actually allow you to direct medical care. So there, there are some states where the employee can go to any medical facility they, that they want. But like I live in Tennessee um, and we can like you can direct medical care in Tennessee. You can give an injured employee a panel of three medical providers and say, okay, these are your three options, choose from them. Um, So if you don't report that up front, then it kind of gets like, there are some issues with you didn't provide them a proper medical panel. And if they went to the emergency room over the weekend, things get a little hairy. Um, And basically it, it allows, it kind of removes the control factor from the insurance carrier. If you aren't getting in front of the claim, like from the get go. So. Mm-hmm. so basically it makes sense from the perspective of the business owner that they report, you know, as soon as something like that happens, even if they don't think it's going to turn out to be a significant thing, it's going to protect them. Yeah. A lot of, I know, I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners are um, familiar with an experience mod or EMOD. Um, if, if you've been in the game for a while and you've talked to your, um, your insurance agent, they've talked about your mod rate. Um, which is kind of a comparison, a mod rate kind of compares you to others in the industry as far as how your performance um, from a workplace injury standpoint with frequency uh, and severity of injuries on at the workplace. So yeah, um, report only claims. So claims that never, re- never actually turn into a claim, do not do not go into that calculation at all. So mm. don't be hesitant to report them. Don't be scared. Okay, awesome. All right. Well, I think we covered a lot of things where we talked about what workers' comp is. We talked about the cost of workers' comp, generally speaking, uh, for, for painting contractors. And then talked about how we can incorporate the cost of workers' comp into our labor estimate. And then went through some ways, some tips on handling workers' comp audits and then preventing accidents and handling claims. Uh, for workers comp. So I'd love to hear from the listeners. If you have any questions about workers comp, go ahead and go to Facebook, type in grow your painting business and request access to that group, that Facebook group, ask your questions, anything you have on workers comp. 
maybe you are uh, don't quite understand your workers' comp audit that's coming up, what's required there, or you're just curious about what kind of rates other folks have, let us know your questions in that group. Happy to hear from you. Or if you have any uh, requests for future episodes of the podcast, we'd love to hear, hear your feedback. And with that, I hope everyone has a great week and I'll see you next time. All right.